Absolutely. And I think it's a transformational space too, because the more that people learn and heal, the more they get that secondary gain. Right. And I share that in saying oftentimes people are like, oh, I don't want to go do that because I don't want what comes with it. Right. Or when they realize, like, I'll just share an example of like going back to school. If somebody's like, well, I don't want to go back to school because I'm too old, or I don't want to go back to school because I don't have money or all the other excuses they make for it. What they're not realizing is the secondary gain that you get from going to school. Right. And so it's all the extra relationships you get to gain in your peers, which opens new opportunities. It's all the new opportunities that come from having more education under your belt and having more life experience. Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. It's such a great honor to be back for season three of Persistence You with Lizbeth, and I hope you had wonderful holidays. How were they? I am really glad that I gave myself the break between seasons, starting the year off with a little self-care there and a little less frenzy. And before the season ended, I had recorded with Jody Gibson. Jody is an author, speaker, and coach. And she tells a wonderful story about her very humble beginnings with when it with respect to education. And I absolutely love when somebody shares their struggle and how they were able to make it past. Being a teen mom, Jody didn't have such high expectations of herself right away, but boy, she has defied all odds. And she's just such a fun person to keep company with. So I am glad that you're here again. Thank you so much. As ever, if you could share this episode with someone you know that needs to hear it, also review and or just, yeah, share. Super helpful and stay warm and we are moving into longer, brighter days. Thanks for being here with me and with Persistence You with Lizbeth. Hi again, her sisters and brothers. I can't be sure whether this episode will air before the next season or will it air just after the new year when I've had a tiny little break. I'm about to be speaking with Jody Gibson, who has an interesting book and story to talk about. But this being recorded on December 12th, 2022, toward the end of 2022, just a year in review, I like to do this is, you know, what has happened in your world in the last 12 months, things that you want to celebrate efforts that you've made that whether they turned out or not, that you want to say, Hey, I did it. I at least survived trying something new, trying better habits, whatever, as well as what are the things that you don't want to celebrate. You know, I just like to look at the year in review. And for me personally, it was a year of massive highs and lows. And it wouldn't hurt my feelings if I never had another 2022. And yet I can't help but think the year began with the most fabulous trip with my oldest daughter celebrating her college graduation years after it happened. And she'd had such a turbulent journey to finishing her degree that it was incredible that she did it in her 30s. I was like, yes. So we had fun. We went to Costa Rica. We went to 
Honduras for a day. We went to Mexico and Panama. And where else did we go? Then we said Mexico, Belize, a couple of other places, but we actually had time at each little place, trip of a lifetime. And the fact that we got along so wonderfully when we have those oldest child, youngest child, your oldest child and mom dynamics, it was a miracle. I love that the movie based on my book, pieces of me rescuing my kidnapped daughters was released early in the year. That was a dream come true. And I am still to this day more proud than I could have ever known. They just lifetime television and Cineflix productions did such a beautiful job. I think it was so respectable and so honoring of many different people's experiences. So I loved that. And I got to have my book marketing class, wonderful people. And I also, the lows, of course, this year were not small uh, from getting a horrifying uh, batch of COVID after being vaccinated and all the things. This is not meant to be an anti-vaccine commercial at all. Just I just was much more sick than I would have thought. And then afterwards started making a series of bad decisions. And one got me uh, right in the throes of a an online scam. And I lost some money that I really didn't have to lose. So there was that. After the movie came out, and I have said this before, but I have been shocked with how much I hear from people and I love hearing from them. But for a long time, I was so emotionally overwhelmed trying to respond to every single person. And I just shut down after a while, got super grouchy, but also just shut down. Just so many nudges for my time. And I didn't know what to do. So I'm getting better at that, but I was not prepared for that beautiful platform it created and how much pain was on the other side of so many other people's experiences with domestic abuse and child kidnapping. So what a year, pat yourself on the back for being here and listening and surviving and thriving where you could. And let's make sure that in the next year, we always remember to celebrate our efforts, not just the outcomes. The fact that we're all still here is a miracle. So we'll get started with Jody in just a tiny little second. Jody, thank you so much for being with us today. I am really, really thrilled to have Jody Gibson with us. Jody is a coach, author, and speaker, a human behavior expert. Jody has her own amazing story. And today she speaks to diverse audiences worldwide. She's a native of Detroit and has a warm and raw energy about her. And Jody, thank you for your time. And please tell us about you and the backstory of you and how you became the Jody that you are today. Absolutely. And thank you so much for the warm welcome. And thank you for having me on. I think it's always fun to meet new people and, and hear their stories and of the, the triumphs and the failures. Oh, yes. Um, a little bit about myself. I I often say I didn't come in this package that you see today. <laughs> I started my life off as a like wildly uneducated teen mom. Okay. Graduated from high school. um, Didn't know a lot of things and very quickly learned I needed to make more money than I was making. And it wasn't going to happen on the very minimal education that I had. And so I went back to school and um, school was a journey for me. It's a fun story. It took me about nine years to finish my associate's degree. 
It's okay. You finished. Exactly. At some point in time in there, I had, um, I got a letter that said I was on on the Dean's list and I called my parents um, sobbing because I thought I was in trouble because I was so far removed from smart people. I didn't know what the dean's list was, and I thought I was on the principal's list. Oh, I love it. So I share that in saying when I realized I had a 4.0, my whole life changed. And so I think it's funny when people say, oh, I'm not smart, or I'm not good at school, or I'm not good at math, whatever those limiting beliefs are, they can change in an instant. Because the moment I got that letter, everything changed for me. And so I ended up finishing undergrad and grad school. And then continued on. Right now I'm entertaining a PhD, which really sounds crazy, but it's fun. At the moment, I really consider myself a human behavior expert because I've done so much schooling and because I have layered so many different modalities on top of each other that often are taught in isolation. And so all of those modalities together have created this really diverse and multifaceted approach to human behavior that's like nothing else I've ever experienced And like nothing else, no one's training in or teaching. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really fun for me. I use that title, um, human behavior expert and master coach, because the angle that I come at this from is professional coaching. Yes. And so I often say that I've had a tumultuous amount of experiential education compared (laughs) with my extensive formal education. And it's created this hybrid version of Jody that has a really eclectic approach to people and to human behavior. And it includes trauma, it includes developmental psychology and neuroscience and neurolinguistic programming and intention and consciousness and all these beautiful things that are layered in that kind of make us the humans that we are. For sure. Okay. Wonderful. And, you know, you got that by going through life as well as your education. You were intentional yeah. about your education, but on the other hand, you were working and raising a child and getting all of this information. And I think often people in their twenties, especially when you've had a kid young, like you were a, a young yeah. teen mom, you get the feeling of like everyone else has landed in their profession easily. And I'm the only one who hasn't. But what we, I think, forget is that all of the experiences we have in life build one on another to make us have a very unique offering. And you have some great things that you offer now as a result. Absolutely. I think that's just terrific. So how did you go about getting together that schooling? And also, you've had more than just traditional schooling. You've gone to some other mentorship programs. Tell us a little bit about that when you, you offered something special. For sure. So I I finished my master's degree in organizational leadership, which really for me, I feel like was another layer of coaching. It's, I mean, leadership, coaching, all those things kind of fall under the same space. But what I realized, I've always been obsessed with human behavior. I've always been obsessed with how can two people go through the same thing and one of them comes out a victim and the other one is a survivor? Correct. Like, what is it that changes these, these spaces in people? And over time, I've studied trauma. I've taken multiple courses in trauma. I've studied professional coaching. I've studied neurolinguistic programming directly with the co-creator of it, which was a gift. Um, I've studied with him for about 10 years. I studied um, just multiple different lo- levels of everything that over time, you start to see the the parallels you start to see what's connected and what's not. And you start to see the same pattern, but different approaches. And I think what was beautiful about that was 
and I know that we shared this earlier, I just published a book last month and the, the concept of the book I can share with you because I think it sheds light on all these things I've learned. Okay. The, the title of the book is Healing Your Map. And my concept is that the moment that you are conceived, you're given a blank map. And your blank map then collects every single detail of your life. So it collects every color, every sound, every relationship, every person, every sight, every memory, song, feeling, fight. All all these things are all collected on your map, right? So you have a map. I have a map. Our kids have maps. Our parents, our siblings, our spouses, our neighbors, everybody on the planet has their very own map. And our map then becomes the lens through which we view the world which makes sense why you and I can both witness the same thing and have a totally different recollection of what we witnessed. Right. Because we saw it through our own personalized lens. And so the idea with that was when we realize all these things that we've went through in life that live on our map, create our reality. They create the world that we live in. And so I think the concept for me created two things, the idea that if we can dissociate from the map, right? And so even when I'm coaching clients, I I will say to them, what is it that's on your map that's creating that outcome for you? So they'll say things like, well, she makes me so mad, right? And I'm like, okay, what is it on your map that's creating that mad, right? What is it? What are you making this mean from your lens? What are you seeing? Right. What outcome are you creating? And the other thing too, I think about the map is allowing ourselves to dissociate from, there's nothing wrong with me. There's just something on my map. Cause I think people get really um, defensive and really challenged when they're like, what do you mean? There's something wrong with me that I don't see it your way. Right. Or that I don't agree with you. And so in the building of the map, and I talk about it in the book that there's four voices collectively that we call the trusted voice. Okay. So the trusted voice is who's allowed to create our map before we're aware of it, which is our parents, our teachers, our coaches, and any medical professionals. Because those are the people we really think, you know, we listen to them. And even though peers play a role, they're not as powerful okay. as those four. And so I think it's just really cool to say, that's kind of what I learned through studying all those different things is, we all have, we're all fighting for our perspective. We're all fighting for what we think is right. But it isn't until we realize we're all right at some level. But until we start to get curious, like I always say we can be curious or we can be judgmental. And the moment that we step step out of judgment and into curiosity and say, hmm, I wonder what it is that's on his map that's creating that, that belief. Mm-hmm. What is it about And instead of saying, like, I think right now people are fighting about politics, they're fighting about race, they're fighting about all these things. And what I'm allowing myself to believe is people just aren't educated as much as another person is. And I don't want to say educated formally. I'm saying, right, like what I understand about race might be different than what somebody else understands about it, which is why we have different opinions. It's not that my view is right and their view is wrong. It's that we have different maps. Different experiences. Yeah. Until we heal the map, we're going to keep seeing the same thing. Right. But we have to want to heal the map. For sure. Absolutely. That is a problem in itself. (laughs) How do you think we get people to want to heal the map? 
Well, I think it's, I think it's out of curiosity. And I think that mm-hmm. I'm with you. People have to want it, right? So I can share with you. I just wrote a blog post. I didn't post it yet, but I just wrote a blog post about this this morning that talked about like, I think the more that we heal, we realize I'm not for everybody and I'm going to lose friends. I'm going to lose family members. I'm going to lose people because they either were attracted to that broken part of me or they were, and there's lots of variations. I feel like I'm just giving you a few, but, or they were really attracted to the way that because I was um, I want to say hiding behind my old, my old lens, I was allowing them to hide or because I felt a certain way that they did as well. And so when I start to heal and say, you know what, that's not for me. And I can tell you for myself personally, I found a lot more value in myself and my self-worth grew probably a great deal in the past five years. Well, I think that turned some people off. And so they needed me to be the smaller Jody. Right. Which I'm not really going to be anymore because not only does it not serve me, it doesn't serve the people that I lead. Right. And so I think you have to be willing to lose people that aren't willing to heal and not everybody, but I always say too, like we can't edit other people's maps. We can just ask questions that allows them to self-discover that they may want to heal. Right. If that's for them, but oftentimes it's not, I feel like we want to grow and so because we grow, we want other people to grow. To grow along with us. And I think back to your point of you may lose people along the way when you get more comfortable with who you are. I think that's often rooted in trauma. Also, the need to keep everyone along with us, to please everyone and to walk kind of on eggshells to make sure that we don't take up too much space. I definitely think that when that happens, there's a sign of needing to heal for sure. Whether it's healing the map, healing the person, I know that that's something I have definitely struggled with because having a lot of turbulence in my own home life growing up, it didn't leave me with a strong support network. And so it's scary to think that me being everything of who I am could drive people away. Um, And it's important. Absolutely. And and you make a great point. I think some of the things, there's two things. I think that the majority of well, trauma affects people in wildly different ways, Right. but the people pleasing, I think is one of them. I think another one is there's so many trauma responses that are often overlooked as other things mm-hmm. that people don't realize once they start to heal their trauma, those dissipate. And like, I always say like over-functioning or under-functioning are both trauma responses, right. but like even working people are like, sorry, I can't, I have to work. Sorry, I can't have to work. And it's different when you have to make ends meet, but the people that are working from sun up to sundown that are in that space, like just aggressively trying to prove that. And I'm, I feel like I'm a former overworker, right? I feel because, like I'm a current overworker, <laughs> right? Cause we're like trying to prove something yes. and, and, and use our voice in the place that it's heard. Cause right. there might be other places it's not heard. So we're like, let's just keep using it here. Right. And so it's understanding like, trauma releasing and and healing trauma and all those things, what that brings with it is that um, like emotional resilience or emotional regulation, right? So we can't be triggered. Not that we can't be triggered anymore, but our triggers start to dissipate. Our self-regulation comes. We pick up different habits. We start to almost put guards up around what we say yes to. And we say no more than we used to say yes. Right. And we start building this space where we stop masking 
and we stop functioning in a space of self-soothing. And instead we find other things to kind of feed our soul. Right. Versus feeding our pain. I love it. I think that's just fantastic. Yes. Makes total sense. And it's going to be something that is an ongoing effort. Not that somebody reaches necessarily a place of one and done arrival. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's a transformational space too, because the more that people learn and heal, the more they get that secondary gain. Right. And I share that and saying, oftentimes people are like, oh, I don't want to go do that because I don't want what comes with it. Right. Or when they realize, like, I'll just share an example of like going back to school. If somebody's like, well, I don't want to go back to school because I'm too old, or I don't want to go back to school because I don't have money or all the other excuses they make for it. What they're not realizing is the secondary gain that you get from going to school. Right. And so it's all the extra relationships you get to gain in your peers, which opens new opportunities. It's all the new opportunities that come from having more education under your belt and having more life experience. It's the things that come with, like, one of the things I really learned in going to school for like what felt like a million years was discipline. So I don't think I had discipline or boundaries growing up. Right. However, learning to go to school, you have to really um, budget your time. You have to figure out what your schedule looks like because you have homework. You have all like all these things where you're going to have to build boundaries around yourself that allow you to then show up in those other spaces. I love that. Absolutely. I mean, it's an investment in yourself, in your community, and so many other things. But I definitely believe that the investment, as an example, to go to college, it's not the learning, necessarily the book learning that is so valuable, but just the things that you shared that are going to be transferable skills to everything else you do in life. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, so you go to school and you get, whether it's an associate's degree or a PhD, either one of them, you're going to gain an education from it, but you're also going to meet people and you're going to be exposed to things you wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to. That's right. And it's that exposure that builds you for the next step. And so it's like what you gain on the next step is kind of a duplicate of the same thing. You meet new people, you're exposed to new things, you, you meet new peers, And then that translates again, and it just keeps transcending to the point that you're no longer that person that said, oh, I don't have time to go back to school. Right. You're like, there's no way I'm going to spend my time doing anything else because this really has a cool payoff. But those are payoffs that you are aware of if we're committed to that limiting belief. Fantastic. Oh, fantastic. And now how do people connect with you with coaching? Like, tell us about your coaching. You you work with businesses or individuals or both? Um, both. I do a little bit more of on the business at the moment than individual. I do okay. have a couple of group coaching sessions coming soon. Um, okay. I'm launching one in January. I'm launching another one in March. Um, but I do do some individual sessions. The way that I think that coaching is the easiest is like building awareness around the modalities that I've built. So I share that in saying I've learned a lot of content and I think it's easier. So I feel like my coaching is like a training and a coaching at the same time. So I'm teaching you things and then I'm asking you questions so that you can leave with um, not something to ponder, but something to, to really reflect on and say, how and where does this show up in my life? Okay. And so like one of them is levels of energy, which is also equated to like the unconscious and conscious part of our brain. 
Okay. And so if we spend, if we have an hour coaching session and we spend 20 minutes learning the levels of energy and I'm teaching you how and where they show up, and then I'm asking you a handful of questions, you're literally leaving with your brain so full that you're like, I need a minute. And it's going to take you a week to process and then to figure out all those different pockets of your life where those things happen. Okay. And so I'm, I feel like I'm constantly teaching people patterns or how to identify patterns, because I think that things don't just happen suddenly. They happen gradually and then suddenly. So you build a pattern and a habit and then it doesn't work anymore. And then it falls off the edge, right? And so I think sometimes people want to just change the end where it's like, let's figure out what pattern got us here. Exactly. I think that that's a very common thing. You find people very interested in cliff notes to get them the result that they needed and then are shocked when life doesn't quite work that way. And then you run into the next circumstance and it's Groundhog's Day. So fantastic. And 99% of the time it's tied to unprocessed childhood trauma, which I think is crazy. And so I don't really advertise that because I think if my website just said, I'll help you unpack your childhood trauma, people would be like, I don't have that next. (laughs) But when they get into it with like, get into the, to working with me, they're like, oh my gosh, I never would have found this any other way. Right. Right. I love that. Well, that's fantastic. So Jody, tell us how can we connect with you? How can the viewers on YouTube or the listeners on other channels, how can they connect with you and your work and tell us about your upcoming podcast as well? Absolutely. So you can find me. My website is jodygibson.com and there's several links in that space to all of my social media spaces. Um everything on social media for me is just my first and last name and Jody, Jody. is spelled yes, J O D E E. So it's just Great. Jody Gibson. Very important. Um, absolutely. My, I am launching a podcast, um, maybe at the end of this month, which is December of 22, possibly in January. The podcast is called Healing the Leader. And so it's coming right behind the book. The book is titled Healing Your Map. But a lot of people were saying, hey, we want to hear you talk about the book. We want to hear you talk more about all the modalities that you've created and uncovered in the book. Okay. And so I'm bringing on a, a handful of brilliant voices that really just jam out in the healing world in all different genres. Love it. Okay. That sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And I hope that I can't wait to hear the podcast and I hope everything goes well. Can I share one last thing too? Absolutely. I always say this in, in, in my closing line, I always share too, like, it doesn't matter where you started. What matters is what you're willing to learn in order to heal. Fantastic. And that takes a lot of work, but that is so very true. Yes. So very true. And what you're willing, those key words, what you're willing to learn, to learn. I was on a podcast this morning and they, one more quick thing. It was just really funny, but I was saying you, you have no idea what you can change with one intentional minute a day. Literally, if you said for one minute, for one minute, I'm going to do 60 jumping jacks or for one minute, I'm going to journal or for one minute, I'm going to read, or for one minute, I'm going to meditate. Start with one singular minute a day. That's it. And see how it transcends for you. But until you're willing, everything else stays the same. I think that sounds like fantastic advice because again, it doesn't have to be a half hour a day. It doesn't have to be an hour of a practice four times a week, a minute, just one minute and one thing before you add to the next thing, just that one thing. So that I think that's fantastic uh, input and advice, Jody. Thank you so much for being Thank here you. today. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. 
If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe. And I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.